Time to take this submarine back up. Oh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with Tax Act. How did you get... April here. To remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. Hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Hey everybody, uh, thanks for joining us today. This is episode 84 of Get Out A Wrap and I'm joined by Justin Haynes, the Chief Operating Officer at Dojo. And I think I've been trying to get you on since you were back at um, OVO, Justin. So thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, I've been dodging you for a couple of years now. You finally <laughs> pinned me down. I got you cornered. Yeah, I can get away. Uh, thanks very much for uh, agreeing to do this. And we uh, we shared. Um, I finally did corner you at the at the panel that we did for the UK National Contact Centre conference. Just kind of thinking ahead. But before we kind of go forwards, I just wanted to go back and how have you got to where you are today? What's been your kind of career journey? Yeah. Uh... Just, I thought you might ask this, so I've been thinking about it. it. It definitely wasn't anything you'd probably see in a textbook, and it wasn't planned. But basically, to cut a long story short, I did a ski season after university, met a girl, decided to get flat together in London, because it's halfway between where we both lived, and uh, we only had enough money for one month's rent, and uh, so we both needed to get a job, and, uh, and I got a job on a, I think what you could very, very loosely describe as a graduate scheme. I did one rotation in that company, a big, big French um, energy company, Total, and um, uh, I ended up in the customer service division and I never left. So I worked managing a team and managed again, getting, just got promoted through them for several years. Eventually the division I was in got sold. I moved to the Caribbean, um, because you know I was late twenties, early thirties, and um, um, my wife and I were still had a bit of a travelling bug. So I did two years running a contact centre out there, uh, which is an incredible experience. Came back, decided I fancied moving away from the southeast of England because we had a house in in Surrey. Um, moved to the West Country, worked for Vodafone, and just sort of worked through the ranks. Got promoted, ran bigger, bigger and bigger operations, and. Um, a uh, bit of contracting back to Vodafone, then got an amazing job opportunity at OVO. I became, um, started as head of, and then be quite, within six months, I was contact center director. And that just grew as the business grew a huge scale up. I started with 100 people, left there with 1,500 people with a huge business. And then I went to start as this role, as a, a more senior role, but um, and actually a much smaller business being a B2B another scale up really and um uh, and i'm coo at dojo we were called payment sense we rebranded it a couple of months ago to dojo and uh it was just the opportunity to set up something new from day one i'd never done that of all the things i'd done i'd never done anything from a blank sheet of paper and that's what the opportunity was here and uh, it's been a hell of a couple of years it's I mean, what a storied kind of um, journey you've had. I, I'm intrigued by wh whereabouts in the Caribbean was it? Yeah, everyone always uh, is interested. Everyone goes on that one, do they? They do go for that <laughs> one. Yeah, it's. Um, I worked in a place called Grenada, which is a beautiful tropical paradise. Um, and uh, I went back recently, and it's changed quite a lot, but it's still still amazing. Um, it's quite south in the in the West Indies, down towards. Um, South America and um, not far from Trinidad, Tobago and Barbados. So at weekends, we would jump on a plane, sort of 30, 40 pounds and return to go to St. Lucia or, you know, wherever we went and some, some tiny islands that no one's heard of. 
And uh, it was an amazing life experience for us, having picking mangoes out of the garden and so on. The work was the hardest job I've ever done because it was a, an outsourced operation where it was businesses that wanted to save money, US clients, and it was, and we worked crazy hours with the time zones and they would change our headcount requirements. I'd have to hire 150 people overnight for adverts on the radio, crazy interviewing. And if we didn't get it set up in two days, we lost the deal. And then three days later, they would cut half of the workforce and I'd have to let people go. It was very, very challenging, but weekends and evenings were incredible. We were in, in the Caribbean. Wow. I mean, yeah. It must, sorry if everyone kind of always goes to, to that part of the... Yeah, of the... It, it's got a special place in our heart, though. I absolutely... Have you ever been to the Caribbean? No, but the, the closest... I've, my um, father was in the Air Force and um, was stationed in Belize for um, nearly a year. So we didn't see him for a long time. And my my mum got the opportunity to go out there and spend like three weeks with him. They'll hate me saying this because it's become like a... A family thing they went my mum went to Belize and me and my sister went to Newark with my nana and granddad so <laughs> never wow. never got there but um I think hearing those kind of things is fascinating as you've I think I've mentioned to you before I I spent two and a half years living and working in Istanbul and just something so so different to our way of life is just such a a great thing for your development I think just not just work but who you are as a person as well yeah when I got there they had a list of all the people that they wanted to fire but they were too scared to fire them because what had happened before was um they dismissed this lady for whatever reason and um and she'd locked the the director in the office until he promised to give her a job back it was <laughs> it was culturally very very different uh very different attitudes to um punctuality and actually there were some realities that I had to learn which was um, nobody had cars and you would travel on buses and they weren't scheduled buses so you had to some people would travel an hour and a half on on a series of buses but their buses are vans so you had to just learn I also had to learn about um, tropical storms because um, our, we had a lot of money riding on on um, the campaigns being successful <clears throat> but there was a tropical storm blowing in and um, and that everybody wanted to go home because of the storm. And I, and I stupidly kept us there for a bit longer because we were quite a small business and it's very entrepreneurial business. And then I eventually shut it because it was rain like I'd never seen before. And there were trees blowing down. And that was a big lesson for me to really understand the environment that you're in. I mean, I suddenly realized why the, the, the rain gutters were about 15 feet deep. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I had a, you know, it was scary because I thought if something happens to people because mm. I've kept them there. So yeah, it was, um, it was, I learned a lot there. It was amazing. But I had a great time as well. And for each of the sort of subsequent moves, um, how do you make your decisions? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I've always made good decisions, probably in the earlier periods where there were, I did a couple of contracts and so on and realized that you really need to do a bit more due diligence into where you're going to go for. But, but really it's about what's fun, what's interesting. Um, and as I've made better decisions going on, for example, the move, I mean, Vodafone was a great place to work, um, but I actually wanted to go for somewhere that had more, that was less corporate, more growth. And, and it was just, I was really picky and the job going for over, I had a couple of opportunities internally and another external opportunity. Weirdly at a time when I wasn't even looking, it was just things were happening. And, um, and it was just about the values, who really, care, who really cares about customers or who mm. says that they care about customers. And I think that's really hard because everyone's got a, a value that says we put our customers first, but it's who actually really means it. Also, I think who you work for, who's your boss is really important and bosses change, but you know, you've got to back and trust that they're going to be there for a while and uh, life's too short to work for bad, bad managers uh, in my view. Um, and, um, and, and what state, what stage of evolution is that business at? And, um, and I, for my last couple of roles, I met a lot of people, for example, moving to Payment Sense Stroke Dojo, I, I met every single member of the exec team and met the owners three or four times. And, mm. and I, took, I took six weeks to make the decision once they'd offered me the role. It was, um, I wanted to really believe that everything that I was being told really matched because leaving a great job is a, is a big thing mm. to do. 
Um, but also sometimes I think you've got to be brave and people get stale. I think sometimes you've got to move before you get stale as well. So um, yeah, it's about scratching below the surface of what, what, of what everybody says are their values and finding, you know, looking for any chinks in the armor really. And I, 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 I love that. I'm, and something you mentioned there about customers, I think it's, it, it, it's a bit of a bugbear um, around everyone talks a good game around customers and you know it, how but it's more it feels like it's more like how can we attach customer to this sentence or buzzword or or process and I've seen firsthand um, the kind of culture that is customer focused that you've developed where where does that come from and how do you how have you delivered that where you've been yeah I mean I I just really enjoy um, doing the right things that are instinctive to me. And I, I don't think it is instinctive to everyone. I think, I think some people are, we're all good at different things. We're all driven by different things, but, but delivering a really great employee experience and a customer experience, are just things I enjoy. So I try, as my career has gone on, I've tried to be pickier about just finding companies who genuinely want that to happen. And I just enjoy it. So, and, and I find that, it's quite easy to hire people who also enjoy it because we've all worked at places where you've you've been compromised on trying to do the right thing because generally you know it's a tough environment financially and it's about and it's about money and um yeah so where it comes from with me is i try and build teams and deliver it and hire the right people and create the environment i my son always he always jokes he says i don't think you really do anything you just do presentations and, and interview people and a lot of what I do is creating that environment and 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 finding I spend I've spent absolutely hundreds of hours interviewing people and uh, and then I spend now more of my time just telling stories and and creating that environment for people to do it's what it's one of the few things I'm good at and uh, and that I enjoy so um, if you find a company who genuinely wants you to do that and build a great culture then then you're in the right place and I'd probably be awful for some other companies who are at different stages of evolution. You know, we're all, we're all good and bad at different things. So finding the right match for you is important. And I think in the last two companies, I've definitely found the right companies. And I, um, I don't know if you've, I've used a story or I've used um, something I saw many years ago. Uh, oh, I don't know. How long ago was it? Um, do you remember we, I came into um, Ovo and I, just a kind of testament to that care and attention. It was my birthday, actually. And um, at the end of the day, you guys gave me a bottle of wine, which is lovely. But I, um, I talk about the, I've talked about this since that point, something I saw you doing. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might have just kind of embellished it and made it sound better than it is. But you made time every week to go around different teams and just ask them like three things is how, how's it going um, am I giving you everything you need or what what else do you need to make your job job better and just not overly formal just you actually just walked into their space that I, I have remembered that right I hope so <laughs> yeah yeah I've tried different things over the years so um and it depends on the environment and um and we've adapted it a little bit where I am now so for example at the moment what I do is um is we just get, we do a coffee catch up and I get um, a different group and it could be advisors, it could be team managers, it could be anyone. And they, they come into a room and, and um, I do it either all on Zoom if they are working from home or all in person. I don't split it. I find that that it works better. And, and I've got some operational people up in, in different locations as well. Um, and we just have a chat. I do it every week, every Tuesday. Tuesday's the day that I don't have any meetings. <clears throat> excuse me, with the founders or anything that could kind of mess up my diary. It's my safest day for that. And, um, and I do it every single week. And it's really informal. And we just say, well, you know, I also ask, what would you do if you were in charge as well? And it's nice. just, um, and, uh, and it's really, um, it's never, no comments are ever attributed back to an individual. Uh, it's really informal. And, and every single week it goes in a different direction. And some of it's me just... Um, just answering their questions and giving an opinion and some of it's me listening and it's um uh, and I've sort of evolved it over the time and and I don't have a set format I have a few standard sort of questions similar to the ones you've said and uh 
And it's just something that I've gone, I've done it in different ways, whether you just wander around uh, or have people in groups and online and so on. But yeah, I still do it now every week. It's my favorite meeting. Because I, and I don't even know who's going to be there either. The, the forecast and planning team set it up and they just rotate through every single person who I'm responsible for. And, um, and I just learn something new. And sometimes it's really, really valuable things that all of our other mechanisms have mixed, have missed mm. rather. Or um, sometimes it's, um, it's just a, it's, a, it's a nice chat where they get to spend some time with me and, they, and, it, and um, we always get good feedback from it. And I always learn something as well. But, it's, um, but my managers get a bit nervous as well because sometimes I spot the odd thing, the odd silly thing that we've put in place that we just need to nip in the bud. There's nothing, that, nothing but benefits from, from doing that. Just from even, I guess, even if, I'm sure, I'm sure it's never happened, but even if people turned up and... They were quite sullen. That's telling you something. Yeah, it's kind of like this temperature gauge of of where you're at. You know, it's I think it's it's brilliant. And it's often it's often overlooked because I think people, especially leadership, too often operate in the wrong stratosphere. You know, they, they are operating in the wrong place, especially when it comes to the people that are actually showing up every single day for your customers. Yeah, absolutely. And what we, um, but the other little side benefit is, is it just um, brings senior people and, and, and some more junior people um, closer together, get to know them personally. They, you know, you form a rapport. So then when you bump into them in the kitchen and so on, they feel more comfortable talking to you and, and telling you. And then they realize that there's trust because you actually do stuff based on their feedback or you explain, to, often I explain um misinterpretations and I say you know that isn't the case or we did that for this reason and I realized it my um more recently uh we have an employee communication manager and uh, she comes into them now because probably eight or nine times out of ten anything that's negative is actually not a negative thing it's a misunderstanding and, and it's something mm. that we should have communicated better so mm. she comes in so that she can actually um proactive like fixed uh, anticipate these things and uh, and and she's really enjoying that she's quite new and uh, and so we can sort of understand how sensitive and how people can misunderstand things if you're not careful what a great role I've, i don't i haven't heard of that very often that's a great role yeah um i just think that um so much of in 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 particularly in operational roles where you know lots of time People don't have loads of time to go and mingle. You know, we've obviously got um, we've got all of the things that you'd expect around team meetings and so on. But of course, the large proportion of the day, the bulk of the team, uh, their time is not their own. They are scheduled on to be online on phone, web chat, or whatever. Um, and it's very easy for things to be um, things to be missed. So we have. Um, I I had it over and I've got it here. It's one of the first roles that I wanted to get here. And, um, and it's basically someone whose job is to communicate um, in terms of everything that advisors, for example, or managers need to know to, to do the job for customers, but also just everything else. So it's not just technical stuff. It's actually, um, importantly, just to inspire people, explain why we do things about our, our values. We're running a session on Monday just about our, our, our mission and vision and so on and purpose. And um, and her job is to basically make sure everyone's informed about everything. And, and actually, I would give up, readily give up other headcount or other things that we do for this role because, because it's just so important when you've got big groups of people. That's brilliant. That's a great takeaway. What, what, is, the, uh, what is the mission? What is the vision that you are pursuing? Yeah, so, so we, we want to empower the experience economy. So we believe that... Um, so many of our small medium enterprises um, um, are under threat from um, from basically online so customers can um, you know buy anything we can all buy anything but what you can't do is you can't buy an amazing experience in a coffee shop or a restaurant mm -hmm. or or um, so we're seeing the high street is changing and we're all seeing shops shutting down and so on um, but people still want to go and, and go there mm. but they also sneakily go off and buy their books online and so on so the businesses that are surviving are um we see we we view it as the experience economy so you can't you can't replicate that experience online so what we're trying to do is to build tools to um sort of empower and support those businesses so just small example is um 
we found out through our insight just how much time businesses spend at the every single day cashing up and that's time that they're away from their customers or away from their families or whatever it is and we want to give them more time back so it's not just about money it's about time so we spent a lot of time understanding it and we've now taken um, some processes that were taking them an hour and a half every single day down to minutes by wow. through automation and businesses are just it's so incredible that I've got all the data that I used to have to do you've now given me time back so I can either go home or I can spend more time in my business or I can invest my staff are happier because there's so much admin that we all do and if you can get rid of that so of course we want it to be priced fairly and so on but actually um, businesses are talking about time so we want to empower the experience economy we're building new tools to help our um, some new stuff that's coming to, for example in our restaurant space to to, to bring customers and um, and and merchants um together closer so the consumers and the restaurant owners and so on closer together and um, there's loads more that we can do so um because we don't want an awful high street where every no. big chains and so on and we don't want that as consumers um so there's a real opportunity and um dojo is selling incredibly well it it took about two years to to, to build and it basically improved on everything that was out there and including our own previous pre a payment sense product uh, and it took uh, the pandemic sort of meant that we had to move back a little bit on uh, on the launch but it's amazing we're 4.9 out of 5 on Trustpilot sometimes we even get it popped up to 5 it's, and um, and it's some of the best feedback we've got amazing um, CSAT our net promoter score is the highest in the industry and our employee engagement scores are off the charts as well so so far it's been amazing but it's been hard and it's been hard I interviewed 150 people over zoom and uh to get it all going didn't know how tall they were going to be till they turned up eventually <laughs> in the office and uh yes yeah, it's, it's an amazing place to work and uh yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun but it's hard work for sure I, I love that and I think you you hit the nail on the head as a as a consumer I don't want to see an identikit um high street you know, I can, I can, I know certain trips into London, I'll go via a particular coffee shop that isn't probably one of the chain ones, because I know there's one that plays the kind of music that I like, and they've always got quirky stuff knocking about, and you always have an interesting conversation. If you're able to give them more time to focus on the next thing they're going to do to kind of, rather than the admin, because I'm sure that's not where they're drawn to, they don't they yeah. didn't set it up because they love admin then I think that's brilliant. And um, all of those results you've got, so employee engagement, CSAT, Trustpilot, how, if you had to boil that down to your, you know, the reasons why, how, what, what would be the sort of top three? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, if I'm honest, comes from the, the culture that the, the founders have set. So they have, they're, they're quite inspirational. They, I mean... They drive everybody really hard, but they do it through um, a really interesting way. Uh, they just they tell stories, they give um, loads and loads and loads of context, and then they just trust you to get on with it. So, and they empower you and trust you. You will never ever be fired at Dojo for missing a target, for for failing at anything. You might be if you don't try, if you mm. don't dream big, if you just hide away in the corner. It really is a um, a place where you're you're encouraged to go and and, and and do everything so you know there's so many examples of this but and I've had to adjust a little bit um to working in, in the business um I I had to go and find the um uh, look for the office and 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 set up the whole infrastructure of what we were going to pay people and what my structure was going to be and then I turned around for any sort of like who finds the offices around here and and what's the what's the pay structure and so on and there isn't any of that they just hire really great people and then trust that you get on with it. They said, who knows more about hiring offices in Bristol? I mean, I chose Bristol. I chose the office. I chose the pay structure. I chose the every single thing. So there's not everybody is comfortable with that level of um, autonomy and, and ambiguity, but you pass that down. And if you've hired the right people and you really, you really have hired them well, um, people just roll with that and they just can't yeah. believe it. And I know, you know, a couple of the people who work in the team and, uh, and they've had that. So I know you've worked with um, Daisy, for example, in quality and, 
I just said, go and build the best quality um, team that you've ever built. You know more about it than me. Just go and do it and tell me what you need. And, and, and you're only limited by your imagination. And of course, you've got to spend the company's money wisely. We, they say to us, spend it as if it's your own money. And that's, yeah. that's as simple as it needs to be. And actually, mm. we think about that all the time. Would I do this if it was my own money? So there's very few rules. And that is what's, um, that is what's um, sort of in, empowers us. And, um, and you pass that down to everybody. And, uh, and occasionally you get the wrong. It's just some people just freak out in that environment. Um, but we have structure and we absolutely have structure. But we also have freedom and autonomy. And uh, that's what's very powerful about it. I love it. I love it. And I can absolutely concur. Daisy's brilliant. Other than the fact that she's a West Ham fan, but yeah, we're, we're... <laughs> yeah. But actually quite good now as well, annoyingly, aren't they? Very annoying. That is really annoying. But that kind of that level of autonomy, I absolutely love it. And actually, um, some of the people that work with me will know, because I've told this story about something hit me quite early on in management. And I would use this kind of um, analogy or like thought exercise, try and get team leaders and then managers that worked for me to visualize when they, when they were making decisions, either about people or investment, if they had to go down to the ATM machine and take the money out of their own account, what would they do? And, instant, and people can answer that instantly. They'd go, oh, God, no, I, w- I wouldn't be paying for this guy. Well, so what's different? You know, what's di- your, if, you, if it was your own money and it's an instantaneous yes or no. There's a monumental shift in power at work. Employees are speaking up. Turnover is rising. Salaries are increasing. Hiring is tough. And burnout is real. It's time to unleash growth. It's time to transform your HR from powerless to powerful. Join ADP on February the 23rd. Reserve your spot now. Go to gettheplan.adp.com to register for the Work Interrupted Summit. What, you, what you're doing then when it comes to working for someone is you're layering on stuff rather than going, well, there's some truth in that gut instinct response. So it was all, it's, it's always been one that um, I've loved, that kind of concept. Yeah, hire good people and then get out of their way, right? We have, um, it's even with our expenses, it's a very simple rule. Is it in the best interest of the company? So, yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, and, uh, and and that's an interesting one, particularly when alcohol's involved. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. it's as simple as that. Could you look at the owners and say it's in the best interest of the company? We had a debate about buying somebody put through some pretty high level of Jaeger bombs for the sales team. And they were celebrating record-breaking yeah. sales, and the owners said, okay, if they bring in this level of sales and you celebrate with Jaeger bonds, that's what they want, then that is in the best interest of the company. They've just smashed all their targets. Go for it. So if you're doing it on a Monday night but for no reason, just because out of habit and so on, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not in the best interest. Yeah, so, um, they set that context and then they trust that they've got the right people to, to do it. And, and we're all, we all do the same. That's brilliant. And I, I wanted to ask you um, something you talked about at the conference and with, with the panel it was kind of like a limited um, limited time to be able to go through it. And it, it really intrigued me. I hadn't, I'd be honest, I haven't heard of this before. Um, the concept of having a tribe, what is that? Yeah. So quite recently, we, um, we moved to a tribe model. So what, we, what we've done is we've, we're all familiar with normal businesses work in, with by function. So you have the finance, the marketing, operations um, and, and, and so on and legal and whatever. Um, what we've done is we've broken the business down into uh, tribes. So we have a growth tribe. So all of the people who work on, on growth, getting more customers, um, which is majority of that is our commercial team, our sales guys and, and, and so on. Uh, but there's lots of people who support them in marketing and in legal mm. and, and some of my team and, and developers building tools to put online and so on. So um, then we've got customer success, so which is most of my team, but it's, um, there's uh, four squads of developers who, who support us and we go to them to get work. We've got customer comms people, uh, we've got finance person and so on. So and then we've got 
international, we've got new products. So we've got all of these, um, we've got our consumer business helping our restaurants and so on. So what we've done is we've structured our business now around um, business problems, challenges, opportunities, rather than functions. So we had our tribe kickoff just last week, actually, and I had um, developers there, product managers, um, customer comms. I had all of these different people who basically, we all worked together, but in a very informal way. And they all had different objectives because the marketing team had their own objectives. The product team had theirs. And we were all saying that we wanted to have the best net promoter score in the industry. We wanted to take it up um, to, to record levels within the operation. And but they all had conflicting. So they all, when push came to shove, their boss was asking marketing, was asking them to do something different and finance were asking them to do something different. So actually now everybody's working on growth, customer success, international, new products, has the same objectives. And that's very, very powerful. So when you're, we don't, you don't then have to argue with the development team um, to build some new tool because um, you've got the same objective. So actually, they're already empowered to um, deliver exactly and incentivized to deliver what you're going to ask them for already. So the theory is they, they come, we all come to the same conclusion because you're all pulling in the same direction. And it's quite, it's quite different. We did, we did a hybrid of this. We got quite close to this at Ovo, actually, with a lot of success. And, um, and this has taken it even further. It's, it's, the whole business, everybody's in a tribe. There's a couple of tribes that are, are actually just, we, we call them core, which is, you know, you don't want to have a payroll manager in every single tribe. You want to have mm. a center of excellence who pays everybody and, and there's a, a lawyer and someone who goes across every tribe. But, but most, most people, I think 90% of people in the business are in a tribe now, uh, actually one of the, the main tribes. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's really powerful. The, we spend time um, all in a room together talking about how we deliver an amazing um, customer experience. And you had developers talking about how they're going to build tools for CSAs. You had um, you had marketing people who are now shifting from being aligned to the marketing objectives to now saying, yeah, I'm going to work on MPS and I could do this and I could do that. And all these people are suddenly thinking differently. We also sit together. So we have all the detroit we've had a massive move so you don't any the marketing team are all split split across everybody and um and they're now getting used to sitting in different tribes and so they have a functional group so you go back to your functional group for um pastoral care to manage you um for your one-to-ones and uh, and your training and your career development but actually in terms of where you spend your time um, both physically and just in terms of mentally is is actually in your tribe delivering on your objectives for the business it's it's very very powerful we're in the early stages of it but the early signs are that it's going to be pretty incredible um because you're also you just all you don't have to ask anybody to do anything mm -hmm. they're already working on it and you assign out responsibility so for example, there were lots of questions about communication and we said, no, the comms person is going to be responsible for the comms for the whole tribe now. And um, who knows more about it? So I'm not going to be responsible. She's responsible. And the finance person is going to do all our numbers and the data team um, are going to actually um, run all of the data that justifies everything that we're doing uh, in terms of our objectives. And, and they're responsible and they'll answer your questions because they're, they're empowered to do it. So actually, um, it's cross-functional working at its best because crucially you're all aligned behind the same objectives how how do you go across i mean it sounds amazing uh, but i can also see oh, oh 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 i guess i mean not a but i'm just intrigued to know i'd love to have been there at the start of it all to see people kind of go right was, was there a sense of i'm sure you, there was quite clear leadership but a sense of like well this feels weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird. And I think in future, when we hire new people and they'll just go straight into it, this will just be how it is and it won't yeah. be weird. But of course, it's weird for, for people initially, um, especially if you're the only person embedded in a new tribe and you didn't know them that well and so on. It's really weird. For the, for the developers, actually, uh, I was most worried about them. But actually... They said, this is really good. We've got a real sense of purpose. We're really mm -hmm. aligned. We're, we're spending more time with the people who we're delivering for. Uh, and, and it's a bit more formal 
um, than it was before, because they were already in theory doing that, but they said we always had slightly different objectives. So, so it is weird and it is new, but actually it's becoming less weird every day. And when you, and I, I now talk, I have in the last two to three weeks, I've spent more time talking to product managers and develop, um, development leads than I ever have before. Yeah. And we're just, and to actually realize that although we have different experiences and skill sets and so on, we can, we're just talking about how to get the best NPS that is actually possible. Like smash, we've already, at the top we want to go even further and uh and we also want to hit some other core metrics uh, below that so um that's what we're talking about we're not talking about how to do it that's that's mm. that's different um and that's really powerful really really powerful it, it, it sounds it it sounds great and but you know just to be clear i i'm embrace i would embrace the weirdness i love i think through weirdness equals growth right i'm just kind of doing things doing things differently and i think everyone when you were talking about it I was thinking about projects I've been involved in where maybe we've delivered a new service or there's been a new site or there's been something, there's been a change. The sweet spot has been when you've spent time. If I think about time with developers, it's been when there's a sudden moment where you both get each other, Yeah. where there's like, yeah, this would be good. Oh yeah, we could do that. And that would be good. Uh, but those those are fleeting moments and yeah. where you go against the system as opposed to having a system and a structure that encourages that collaboration. Yeah, they are now, um, if it's all gone as well as I think it has, uh, and they weren't all just pretending, which I don't think they were, <laughs> um, it, they are everybody in that tribe now, in the, in, in the customer success tribe, I'm the exec sponsor of the tribe, is... Um, is now spending their time thinking about the tribe's objectives, which is basically all about the customer. We also have one in there about employee experience because we chose our own objectives. And we said, what's the point having an amazing customer experience if we all don't enjoy it? So we've also got <laughs> yeah. an employee experience um, one in there. So they're thinking about how to make this a great place to work and how to make it incredible for our customers. Everybody, whatever, this whole, I don't think there's a, I don't think I've got a lawyer in there, but I don't think there's any other department that's not represented in the tribe so you've got somebody who's on point for it which is great and you talk about the theories behind successful companies i think one of the key ones is that everyone knows what the everyone's working to the same very clear goal because whether it's a goal or a problem you ask 10 people you'll get 10 different variations right yeah. so this is a way of just going well actually no everyone is very clear because it's they're working together and i guess it's constantly reinforced because you're sat next to people and it was and i'm with you on this by the way but just for clarity it's important that this is in the same physical space right yeah yeah it really it really helps and and we are returning to the office actually and and that really helps again um for this sort of thing i was in london and we've got a new tribe area um i was meeting with sat with people who i would never have spoken to before because i just wouldn't have been anywhere near them so that really does help but it's if it sounds really strange, but if you think about it, we've just over the years become accustomed to working in made up areas like <laughs> marketing, finance, and so, yeah. you know, we just, we made them, they're just functional disciplines. This is just another way of looking at it. It could have, yeah. it could have been the other way where we worked behind problems and opportunities and you didn't ever work in these, these functions. And we just, that's why it feels strange because we've all spent years doing it. But over the years, you know, we've all got examples of this. For example, you know, HR business partners, for example, are a good one. They typically work really embedded in this yeah. kind of model, really. They often mm. work for the HR team, but spend most of their time with the function they support. Um, mm. Trainers are often the same and, and so on. So it's just taking it further than that. My talent person has done all of the hiring for me and since I've joined. Comes to my team meetings, has always been there. We hired her together, me and the... Um, the HR um, um, director, and um, and she's always been embedded in this model. Doesn't change. Nothing changes for her. Whereas for other people, um, it's changed quite a lot of change. So we already know this model works to, in some examples. It's just taking it further. And how does this um, manifest? It's, does it has there been any sort of clear changes in terms of how you are able to deliver for your customers? Sorry, what what do you mean? Is there other things that are happening now? So, well, actually, I guess all your results, right? Where you can say, this is because of the fact we've gone to this tribe 
model? Because how long has it been in effect it's now? Now, it's, it's literally been, it's literally weeks, really. So we've been planning it for uh, maybe six, seven weeks, but it's been, it's, we only had the kickoff in MyTribe, for example, last, uh, in fact, this week. So it's, um, yeah, it's very, very new. So at the moment, the only real benefits I can say is that I've got everybody working towards, in each of the tribes, working towards the same um, goals and objectives. The collaboration has gone through the roof. For people have met, tens and tens of people they would never have even previously thought about working with and so on the proof will come later about how much we can accelerate our um uh, our progression towards our objectives mm. really mm. um and they're pretty clear you know we're going for some pretty big um numbers i mean some of the some of the tribes for example have got um growth targets and uh that they just they have no idea how they're going to hit but it's um, they're, they're, they're astronomical improvements, and um, um, and they just, in fact, taking taking net promoter score from fifty six up to seventy, you know, that's not many businesses get that. That's no. what we're going to do, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but anyone who obviously has worked is, with NPS yeah. knows that that's um, without getting into debating whether NPS is the right measure or not. It's a, it's um, it's a big it's a big jump, and um, yeah, and and we didn't think we could do it in the normal functional way so um by having everybody thinking about it uh, and being aligned so we'll see i'll come on next year and tell you how yes please do i love i love the idea of it i think it's kind of going to be great but i'd definitely love to catch up and and see where you are i guess with you you're fully in this it's been a startup it's been it's been brilliant um with you kind of have you been able to take that focus and make it wider i know because you were on the panel for what's happening in the what do you think is going to happen with the industry for next year um have you been able to do that and kind of have a look around the rest of the contact center world the customer experience world and where where's your kind of head at with with what you think is coming for next year yeah i I probably haven't spent loads of time on that, if I'm perfectly honest, because I've been so busy with mm. growing everything. But but we're we're at a nice size. You know, we've got a thousand, just under a thousand employees. There's about only only a few hundred people. Being B2B, it's just not the same numbers that I'm used to in consumer. Um, we've only got a few hundred people um within the operation at the moment. And um and and it, and it's nice to not have to worry about those scale about just eking that 0.01 percent out because when you multiply that out that adds up to millions of pounds and 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 it's nice that I'm not having to to worry about that so we're actually genuinely really focused on um, making our customers' lives better so that they will stay with us for longer because the, the payment solution for a business is um, although it's, we only take a small um, a very small cut of the transactions. Um, obviously, that you know, people don't use cash anymore, so it adds yeah. up. And being B two B, there's a reasonable um, margin in there. Um, but it's our customers. We put our money where our mouth is. Customers um, typically in our industry, it's five year contract. Um, we do a thirty day contract. So if we're not brilliant, they leave. Yeah. and they can leave. Wow. And there's no barriers. And and this is with we are. Um, pretty unusual in doing that because our price we price the same as the people who do the five-year contract the only other people who do the 30 days are about two or three times as expensive so it's a gamble but we have to be really really good so actually um, instead of spending all my time focusing on cost saving i'm focused on um, making sure that the service is exceptional and the customer experience is exceptional because actually that's more valuable than cost saving because um, if I can extend the lifetime value when nobody leaves, then that's actually worth more to us than saving the cost. It's a lot of pressure, but it's a much more exciting mission really and, 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 and purpose to actually be so good that your customers don't ever want to leave yeah. than, be, than be saving money. So actually um, it's nice to be working on initiatives that are just constantly looking at delight rather than contact deflection and so on. Mm. Now we are, we are also working on um, improving the app self-service, but only where there's a genuine customer benefit, where the customer actually wants it. And we have a, we invest quite big in insight. So actually um, I know lots of businesses and we've all worked in businesses where they say that they're doing something, driving it online and, and so on for the customer's benefit. But we all know the reality 
that some of those um, examples are actually really just about cutting costs and deflecting mm. contact. We don't have to do that. It's not in our interest to do it because if we lose those businesses, um, it's worth much more than the cost saving that we would make. So um, actually, I'm probably working on slightly different things in, in terms of that, because um, when that's your, your, your vision, really, and your objective, um, it changes things. So I mentioned on that panel, for example, that I think general standards and slipping in some regards. And uh, I'm so bored of hearing people talking about um, high call volumes. I mean, there's several businesses I've been phoning for years have got that message like who's reviewing it whose job is it to just up check yeah. the messages and you know there's i just think that businesses are work often working on some incredible technology and, and, and enhancements and so on but are they genuinely in the customer's best interest and are they doing the basics are they doing the day-to-day -day? and i know i touched on that at the panel but i'm really 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 determined that we don't let anything slip um in terms of that day-to-day -day. and we're meticulous about checking that because you can just get complacent so mm. so actually um some of the work that we're doing on putting things in the app we're working really closely with customers to understand what they want and prioritizing it really carefully it's the biggest investment in insight i've seen anywhere but but so many projects we work on in this industry are based on gut feel or a, or a pound note not on what the customers genuinely told you so we um get all we've got people who understand research much better than me but i've been amazed with just the, the changing of the wording of questions gives a very different answer. And we've got all these experts who understand that. And, um, and then we do loads of um, interviews as well, just to validate it. So yeah, so it's, it, it's different. We're working on, um, I, I think that um, lots of, um, lots of um, development is happening in terms of technology, but ours is a little bit more focused on what our customers are saying that they want rather than me putting in speech analytics or, chatbots and thing big the, some of the big things that um we've worked on in the past and so on um we're, we're kind of really tailoring around what our customers are telling us that they want and actually interestingly a lot of what they want is some really basic stuff they want some amazing okay. tools that save them money that, and save them time and they want amazing people on the phone to help them and different our different size of businesses want slightly different things if you if you're a single per, if you own a florist shop and you work on your own you want a web chat that you can pick up 40 minutes later and just carry on the conversation when your shop gets quieter if you're a big enterprise customer you want um, an email but you want it to be uh, someone to get back to you within the net within a couple of hours um if you've got anything technical you want a phone call um and actually for non-urgent things you want to be able to do it in the evenings our customers are telling us when they do their admin and when they need us open and we're listening that's great and i think all the way through this it's it's clear there's a kind of the dual theme of customers and employees and i and, and i love what you said earlier around you can't get one without the you can't deliver a true value for your customers without without your employees enjoying it or you, you can but they won't be your employees for very long yeah i'll give you an example of this something we did that's that i think is common sense but lot, lots of people tell me that they've never heard of it before we um we got some really good insight that showed that our customers um, uh, when they were open and they gave us really clear feedback, we want you to be open when we're open. And previously, most, most of the payments industry, unbelievably, is only open Monday to Friday. Whereas, wow. of course, businesses are busy yeah. at the weekends. <laughs> and um, so we when we set up, started up Dojo, we quite quickly realized that we needed to be open at the weekends. And, um, but we all know lots of people don't like working weekends and, and, and so on. So we did all of our research with our customers and then we did our research with our employees and we found out there was um, there were some people who would work um, weekends and, and most who didn't want to. So we pitched an amount of money and we said, you can have a choice. It's really important to us to be open, but we don't want you to leave because when people leave, all that investment in training and mm. time and speed to competency and all of that stuff is gone if you leave because you hate working on a Sunday afternoon. So we only want people working on a Sunday afternoon who want to work then. And um, so everyone bought into the customer research and they got it. It was It's very clear and obvious. Um, so we gave people a choice. So we paid them um, extra money to work weekends and we gave them a choice. Do you want to work Saturday, Sunday, or do you want to work two days and then every other weekend? And this is how much money you're going to get. And because we'd done our research internally and pitched it about right, 
within a few decimal points, we, it actually worked out, which was a bit scary. It worked out that we got exactly the right number of people pretty much. And it kind of turns out that where we pitched the money, some people say, I want to save up to buy a house. I want another few thousand pounds. I'll happily give up my Saturdays. Some people then say, actually, I really like having a Tuesday off and, and so on. I love a day in the week when things yeah. are quieter. So we, we give people a choice. Whereas I think 60% of our um, teams say, thanks for the offer, but I just like working Monday to Friday, uh, these hours, and I, don't, I want my weekends. Others want the money. And so we've solved the customer problem and we've solved um, um, a staffing problem. And instead of, for that extra £3,000 that we pay people, um, we would have lost that in the attrition that we would have seen. Yeah. Um, and we've just, we were empowered to do whatever we wanted to do. Um, and so far, all of our data, because our, our attrition is running at about 12%, and you know the industry average is significantly higher. Mm. Um, and, um, and part of that is because people work the hours that they want to work, and they have that choice. So there's things like that that we're doing yeah. that are a bit different. That's a really nice example, I think, of doing the right thing for your customers and your people. Absolutely. Couldn't be better. I love it. Um, do you think your son will listen to this and then maybe he'll get an appreciation of what you do? Uh, he'll absolutely never listen to this. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make the offer, but no, he's uh, too busy with football, rugby, running, girls, all sorts of stuff. So he's 13, <laughs> almost 14. And uh, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll offer it to him, but I'll be... Surprised. No, don't. He needs to enjoy life because that sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a good life. Justin, it's been brilliant. I've learned um, so much and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. Um, thanks very much for giving up your time and um, yeah, just sharing so many great tips. It's been great. Thanks very much. No, you're welcome. And what you, Spurs fan, is it? you got a yes. game against uh, Leeds, is it? Yes, it is. It's uh, it's Leeds, and um, I'm I'm fully behind Conte, I believe. So it's yeah. nice to it's the hope that gets you. What where, where yeah. are you again? Bristol City. No one's oh, ever called me okay. a glory hunter. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was <laughs> no. born in um, born in Bristol, brought up in Leicestershire. Well, everyone brought up with Leicester fans who are now well, they've stopped going on now, but they, they yes. were excited for a while. But um, yeah, I take my son along and um, he does occasionally say, why Why did you have to support this team? But yeah, we were in the semi-final of the League Cup a few years ago and went. I took him to the Etihad, so he enjoyed that. And we beat Man United, but um, we haven't had many glory moments in the recent years. But um, it, it doesn't matter. That's not why we support the teams we exactly, do, Exactly, exactly. Right, well, I've got Harry Kane yes. in my uh, fantasy league team, so I'll be willing you on for that game anyway. And uh Thank you Have very a great much. Weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye.